thank you for joining The Collective today. The Collective is a storytelling podcast interviewing hairstylists and makeup artists. On today's episode, we have Academy Award nominee, TV and film union makeup artist, educator, and mentor, Serena Miller. Thank you so much for joining The Collective today, Selena. So excited. Wonderful. Thank you. Tell us, who is Selena Miller? Selena Miller is a woman of color who started life um, in a small town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up at the end of suburbia, where then it turned to the country. So you can imagine growing up in a time and place that it was just really different. I was living in an all-white community. I went to an all-white school with a handful of blacks. So my perception of life was totally different than a lot of people of color. My relatives and other family members lived in the city of Pittsburgh or close to it. But we did not visit them that much. We just kind of kept to ourselves and uh, lived our life out there. And I was always interested in fashion and um, the glamour life. And I read magazines and books and anything to do with fashion and photographers and models. I just became infatuated with it. So much so when I used to go to um, school every day, I made one year that I was not going to wear anything twice. I was going to always change up my outfits, either add something to it or just make it look different. Hairstyles, makeup. I just really was into it. And those were the days back in the 60s that they had the supermodels like Jean Shrimpton and all these Twiggy and all these models that were taking over the, the world. Um, didn't have any black models per se to look up to, though we did have a few. Na- um, there was uh, Naomi Sims, who came out of Pittsburgh, who was an incredible woman of color, very dark skinned, beautiful lady who kind of made it on the covers of magazines and went around the world. And it was just kind of uh, fascinating that she even broke through at that time. But, of course, I there weren't that many ladies for me to look up to, so I kind of just um, was on my own and started to grow up in, going into the city of Pittsburgh, going to uh, dance schools, you know what? You don't know what you want to be. A lot of times when you're an American growing up in the United States, we have so many opportunities, so many things to do. It's kind of hard to figure out what direction you want to go in. Um, but those decisions were kind of made for me in a different sort of way. Uh, going into the city to the dance classes exposed me to department stores, fashion, a whole nother world that I wouldn't have experienced being out in suburbia, of course. So for then, uh, from there, it just took off. Wow. So from being the, um, the young woman growing up outside of Pittsburgh, um, how did you get to be Selena that you are today? I mean, your, your resume is breathtaking. <laughs> I mean, honestly, how did you get to be this makeup artist that you are today? Well, that's very interesting, of course. Um, I had no idea where I'd end up in life. Starting out, like I said, I went into Pittsburgh. What happened was how it all began. Um, 
I was really my God-given talent of all things. And people who know me know this. I was a roller skater. My dad was a roller skater. Uh, I don't know where he picked it up from, but he bought me skates. We had our own skating rink in our backyard. Um, when I first put on skates, I probably was about six, five, six years old. Wow. Um, I was like falling down, of course. Uh, he went to work, and by the time he came back, I was skating. And wow. it, it was like my God-given talent. Of all things, what are you going to do with roller skating? Really? <laughs> back then, the only thing they had was um, roller derby, and you had to be a, a robust woman, strength. You know, I used to watch them on TV, the the roller bombers or whatever they were, and uh, that was not what I aspired to. But my dad would take me skating with him every week. We go to the skating rink, and the one we went to was half ice and half uh, roller skating. So halfway through the night, I would skip over to ice, and I would just be flying because roller skates are heavy. But I would do spins and jumps and all this stuff on roller skates, either easier on ice. So I decided I was going to be a um, Olympic ice skater. That was my intention. But as life would have it, my dad. Um, had other plans for me, and that was not one of them. So when I started going into downtown Pittsburgh, I took up dance after that and decided I wanted to be a dancer. Well, you've got to have family support, and a lot of people don't have it. A lot of people get mad or upset at their families. I mean, it's life. Nobody in my family was exposed to ice skating or dancing. I was probably the first one in my family to do any of this stuff, and so they didn't have that vision. They didn't have role models to look up to and go, hey, my daughter's really good at this. Let's see how far we can take it or let's see what we can do. Because money was not an issue. I was raised upper middle class, um, had a whole different outlook on life. So there was nothing in my scope that said I couldn't accomplish anything I wanted to do. I didn't grow up in the projects. Nothing wrong with it. I just didn't do it. So I didn't know that there were certain things that people weren't supposed to do if people of color. Of course, we had racism that took part of my life even at an early age, but you just deal with it. You just go on and do the best you can. So when I came into uh, Pittsburgh, more in the fashion sense, is because my mom, my dad decided to give my mom a present, go to a modeling school. He gave her a little gift. She didn't want to go. So guess who got to go? Me. But because of that, it opened up a whole new world of fashion, modeling, uh, makeup, what, you know, and I became a little model in Pittsburgh and doing all these shows. And because I was a dancer, my expertise was dancing on the stage. So how do we make it from there to where I'm at? Well, because of that exposure, I decided to go um, once I graduated from high school to a beauty school. So it was Pittsburgh Beauty Academy, and they taught, of course, hairdressing, but I went for makeup because they said they taught makeup, which they don't, and they still don't really do. They have schools that will have classes in it, but nothing really extensive because it's not on the state board. Right. So unfortunately, when I um, found out they don't really teach makeup, I was very disappointed, and I didn't have any mentors to tell me. Who cares if you like it or not? Just do it. Just do the best you can. Learn as much as you can. You'll be using it as the future. Of course, right. when you look back at yourself, 
over the years, you'll, you'll say, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I take it further? Well, you need help sometimes, somebody to give you some advice and let you know that there are other possibilities. So I kind of, I got through school, but I didn't take it as serious as I should have. So it never became something I really wanted to be. Now I know I could have done both and been very, even made more money and more connections if I did both. But you don't have to. Some people just like care. Some people like makeup. So from the makeup place, I went to work in the department stores. So I worked for Estee Lauder, uh, Elizabeth Arden, Prescriptives, uh, Gail Heyman, um, Oh my gosh, all these incredible makeup lines and department stores helped me to learn about makeup and doing people and uh, selling and selling yourself. And I became a resident makeup artist for Estee Lauder for this department store called Kaufman's. And uh, they would send me all over the place to teach, to have seminars, workshops. Um, so that expanded my life also. Um, do you want me to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just curious. So with finishing um, with finishing hair school, finishing cosmetology school, did you get your license? Yes, I got my license. Unfortunately, I didn't keep it up. Because here again, I didn't have somebody to say, look, whether you like it or not, just keep going, keep it up, take, do whatever it takes. In the meantime, I've got another license. I'm also a nail tech, a massage therapist, a facialist, an esthetician. I've kept those up, but I didn't keep up my um, hair license, unfortunately. But that yeah. doesn't mean I can't go back and uh, get it reestablished. But at right. this point in my career, it's okay. I don't. I really don't <laughs> need to do hair. Um, I'll let the real hairdressers do that. Um, and. Even though I couldn't do hair, I would bring people on if a job was really big who weren't good at hair. Right. Because uh, I wasn't going to mess up the job and pretend I could do something I couldn't do. So many times out of my own pocket, I would hire a hairdresser just to assist me and accompany me so I wouldn't have that stress of thinking about how to do this hairstyle or whatever they wanted. Right. So smart. So smart. So I, um, I taught in the Paul Mitchell world for a while and I was oh. a, a makeup specialist at, um, at one of their schools in Florida, but I always told my students and even today, whatever people ask, how do you get started? I always thought that, I mean, I, I still think that working at a makeup counter is brilliant because you get mm -hmm. to touch every face shape, every eye shape, every skin tone, every skin texture, I think it's amazing. And, and I worked at counters just as you did as well. So I think that's always a, a kind of brilliant step of getting into it. If you don't have the opportunity to go to a full on makeup school. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. A, a, a full on makeup school plus working in the department store is a great way to get um, your career started. Uh, obviously, when I first started, I really didn't know about faces, shapes, and colors, and all that, I went to the School of Hard Knocks, and a lot of times, a customer would come up to me, and they would see a picture, and I want that eyeshadow, I want that on me, and I'd go, okay, and sometimes it looked really fabulous, and sometimes it did, looked horrible, and I didn't know the difference until I started learning about warm and cool colors. Uh, I also became a certified color consultant, because back in the day, that was a big deal. 
the colors that surround you, the colors you wear, Color Me Beautiful book really made an impact on me and it helped me to learn how, what colors work on which skin tones or what I could cheat with. And, you know, it was just a vast learning experience. But you must realize when you go to the department stores, they're looking for salespeople. They're not looking for makeup artists. So that's not the first words that should be coming out of your mouth. I want to be a makeup artist. Right. You will get to do makeup if you make a lot of sales. If you have a, 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 a large sales point for each customer, they will allow you to do makeup. And sometimes, uh, like Mac and different people, will hire people just to do makeup, but generally you're there to do sales. Now, they say they teach you makeup. No, as far as I could tell, they teach you how to do sales. If there's a new color or a new product, they'll go over that with you. They might have a demo, but they're not really teaching you how to do makeup. That's why the department stores are, nor are notorious for bringing people in who maybe just worked in the shoe department last week or they've never touched makeup in their life because they care about sales first and they figure you can learn it on your own and you do but that's why you do want to add to your training by going to a school going to some place where they can really show you about colors and how to mix things and what makes makeup work on each and person that you run into um i've had people tell me well i've been a make makeup for mac and all this stuff and that's that's nice but that doesn't tell me that you really know what you're doing um because i've been in that whole process and you have too brooke where you know you learn only as much as you're shown or what you're going to pick up uh and some people are naturally gifted and some people aren't some people are naturally gifted with sales that's fine. That's what they want. But they're not really looking for makeup artists per se. Is that is that what you think also? I do. I, I completely agree. And I think when you were saying the school of the hard knocks, I mean, you completely in those environments, from what I've seen and what you've seen, it's mostly learning from doing, you know, that trial and error situation. Mm -hmm. So from from working at the counters and traveling and doing education for the different brands, how did you find your way into to film and TV? Well, natural progression from doing department store makeup, I started doing print. And when you do print, you meet a lot of different photographers and models. And so you start doing the print work. And then I got into doing video, which also meant TV commercials. And then from there... You just work, I work myself step by step up through the ranks. And a lot of this took place in Pittsburgh, but then I moved to New York. I uh, apprenticed at a makeup shop. It wasn't just makeup. This woman, Elena Kaharvi, Elena Kaharvi owns El Maquillage in Manhattan. Famous makeup store, hair salon. She was at the forefront of her business she did hannah she did nails she did everything she still has her brand it's still you can still buy it il maquillage fabulous lady um she let me apprentice with her in new york and back then you really you know people get out of school and the first thing they want to do is make money of course we do we have bills to pay but that's not why you're doing it if that's your love is money you're in the wrong business because you got to do what you love. 
yes, a lot of people come in for different reasons. They want to be famous. They want to work on movie stars. They want to do this and that. And it has nothing to do with the craft. You have to love the craft. I learned to love the craft. Of course, I really, let's go back. I was an ice skater, a roller skater, a, you know, a dancer. I couldn't um, take care of myself doing those things. So I did gravitate to makeup, but I learned that I loved it. I loved fashion. I loved everything about it. So that became my passion. And once you figure out which direction you're going to go in, you go 110% in that direction. And that's when you start networking. And that's when you start meeting people. So I started meeting people. I finally moved from New York. I've worked as a fashion stylist up there besides being a makeup artist. Um, and New York was, some people picked, LA to go to. I picked New York. I didn't know anybody on the West Coast at the time. I did have friends and um, was able to move to New York at the time that it was incredible to be living there back in the 70s. And um, I met a lot of incredible people. Uh, then, you know, as usual, I wish you could say all I did was make up my whole life. Makeup's been a part of my whole life, but I also had other jobs. I worked as a uh, uh, waitress, food and cocktail. I worked in offices. Uh, I wound up working as a flight attendant. Um, you do whatever it takes to pay the bills at the beginning. I mean, unless you're, you live with your family or you're married or you win the lottery. And if you're taking care of yourself... You have to do what it takes to pay those bills. Right. But you always keep your goal in mind. You always keep that vision in front of you, where you want to go. And then the universe will open up opportunities. And that's what happened in New York. And of course, many times I moved back to Pittsburgh. I was like a gypsy. I moved all over the country. I even moved to England for a while. And oh. because I was a flight attendant, I worked with United first. And then I went to a charter airline. That flew all over Europe and uh, a, um, Asia and all kinds of places. So I was really exposed to a lot of different people and foods and thoughts. So my world expanded. So I just don't think of the United States. When I think of my business and my life, it's global. Um, because that's what happens when you expose yourself to different people, thoughts. It opens you up. It opens you up like a book, and then you can even expand more. So let's go back to how I got to where I'm at right now. I wound up moving to Florida. I had a friend who opened a modeling school, a John Casablanca's modeling school, and I worked in their system in Pittsburgh also, teaching makeup artistry, fashion, skin care, all those things I had learned. I brought them to play there. Um, and I would also do headshots while I was at John Casablanca. So you do, like I said, anything to keep your craft going and to make money. So I moved to Florida. Once I moved there, uh, opportunities opened up for me to work in TV. So I worked at uh, the studios. I worked at Universal. I worked at Disney. They had different TV shows, movies, Um but at the very beginning when I moved there, of course, I knew anybody. So I had to start networking. Um, I started off doing some fashion styling there. 
which led me to meet people in makeup. So that's how those opportunities opened up. The big opportunity opened up when a lady named V. Neal came to Orlando because it was supposed to be the next Hollywood. They were calling it Hollywood East. Now it's Atlanta. But at the time, she decided to open up a makeup store that was very similar to Namie's or Friends uh, that they have in L.A. It was incredible. I was just driving down the street one day. I looked over in the shopping center and I see this sign that says something like a makeup store is going to be opening up. And I'm like freaking out, of course. Right. Um, so I go in and I meet this young lady named Kimberly. She was the store manager. She had just arrived from L.A., didn't know anything about Orlando, was opening this store for V, which was called Cinemagic. And so I just introduced myself and I looked around. She was opening boxes and I said, do you need any help? She goes, yeah, I, I do need help. I said, well, guess what? You don't have to pay me. Um, I'll be glad just to help you uh, get started. I know how it is. And she just looked at me like, really? I'm like, yeah, because I learned a long time ago. You apprentice, you help people. Right. They'll help you back. And so I didn't have any ulterior motive except let's help this lady get started and then I can take part in buying products too you know whatever so she said I have a friend coming in she owns the store her name is V Nail I never heard of her before I said great she goes when she comes in I'm going to introduce you to her she's also doing a movie with Tim Burton here in the Orlando area and I went wow sure I'd love to meet her. So V comes in. She sees what I'm doing, sees how I'm helping Kimberly. She wants to do a goodwill gesture. I guess when you come to a new area, you want to meet the people who live and work there. So she goes to me, are you in the union? I had just joined the union, maybe two, three weeks before. And it was just me and one other person who had joined the union at that time. It was just opening up in Orlando. Uh, uh, a man, Douglas Marvaldi, who was a hairdresser who had been a union member for many, many years, usually flew up to New York um, because he lived in Orlando. His meetings would be in Miami. He saw the future with uh, Disney and the Universal opening up and that there was going to be a need for makeup artists and hairdressers. So he presented it to the union 798 and said we need a local here so they decided to open up so i became a uh, union member now that was a big investment at the time and i was married talked to my husband he goes i think you should do it even though we were tight we didn't have a lot of money who knew that one little act would open up the floodgates for me because i said to v Yes, I'm in the union. I think I caught her because she probably thought I was going to say no. I don't want to read her mind, but I really believe she thought I was going to say no. And she's going, oh, well, too bad, honey. Uh, this is a union only show. And right. I said, yeah. She was like, huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> she says, I'm doing Edward Scissorhand. Wow. I would like you to assist me. And I'm like, yeah. 
Of course. Now, I have done a lot of work, but nothing that major in special effects. Now, you know V is a special effects guru. Right, right. So, when we had Johnny sitting in the seat, she had me assist her by helping her put on the scars on Johnny and different things. Of course, she's a master. I, she had to do Johnny in a short amount of time, so she didn't have time to do it all by herself. But because I was so new at this, I just knew basic special effects. I was so silly. I didn't know because V would just plop these scars on Johnny so quickly, so precisely. I'm trying to imitate her. I'd get a scar, try to put it on Johnny's face, and it would stick to my finger because it had glue on it. Right. And I didn't know stick a little powder on your finger first, pick it up, and then place it. Johnny's looking at me with the scar at the end of my finger, trying to put it on him, (laughs) take it off, put it on him. I'm like, oh, my God. Now, V was so patient with me. I thought, this lady's going to blow up on me any second and go, are you crazy? You know? She didn't. She was patient with me every single day. I felt like I was in the grace of God. I had no idea what I was doing and where I was at. Wow. But I could do regular makeup. So what happened was she brought uh, another fellow makeup artist in, Matthew Mungle. I, I know you know Matthew, who's won Academy Award for uh, Dracula. Oh, my God, this guy's resume is just off the hook. So, but this is at the beginning of his career. So he was a prodigy of Joe Blasco, had okay. done a lot of things. But V, I don't know where she met him. She brought him in. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, I said, Matthew, I'm key, but you're going to be taking my place and I think you should get the title of Keith. This is before I knew about politics. Right. I just said, okay, you should be the key. So I was demoted to doing Winona Ryder and all these other people. Demoted, not really. And to think about what, I'm like, wait a second. Think about what you just said. Yeah, I know. You know, (laughs) it was not a demotion by any means. I was being silly. It was such an honor to be able to do this work and work with V and her liking what I did. Now, obviously, the other side of this, people in L.A. were freaking out. Who in the hell is this girl working with V? She's from Florida. Nobody's heard of her. Yeah, yeah, she may be in the union, but who the hell is she? (laughs) And they're thinking, why didn't V pick them, right? I had no idea. V put herself out on the limb. She was out there with me, bringing me in was such a a nervy thing for her to do. How in the hell does she bring a a black woman with not really FX experience when she knew tons of people that she could bring in to do this show? Um, You know what? It it was my turn. And people don't understand this. They think everything is meant for them and they're supposed to get everything that they want. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes it's somebody else's turn. Guess what? The universe said it was my turn. Ugh. And I didn't so, see it at that way when it first happened. But I now looking back, I could see. It was how, your time. It was my time. And nobody was going to take it from me. And because I was not somebody who was ruthless, super amb- I was ambitious, but I'm not going to step on people. I want to treat people like I want to be treated. Matthew became a dear friend. 
of course, he was on the, t when a movie got nominated for makeup, his name was with V's. It could have been mine if I kept the key title, but that doesn't matter. Does it really? No. The fact that it was even on the movie was incredible enough. Okay, so what a learning process that was. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Uh, and I, so when I was listening to V recently on the Friends interview, um, she mentioned, and I didn't know this, she mentioned that um, Edward Scissorhands was a low budget. It might have been, but to my mind and being new to the union, it was no low budget for me. <laughs> right, right. I, I just, how, yeah, maybe it was in the world of. Films. Right, right, right. I just, I did, I had no clue because I'm thinking like, Wow. I mean, that film today is such a classic that it just blows my mind, you know? Well, let me just put it this way. It might have been low budget because they did want to use local talent, which nothing's wrong with that because obviously crews are everywhere now. They're in Florida, they're in Atlanta, they're in New York, they're in LA, they're in New Mexico. You got good crews everywhere. So, um, if they, I mean, it couldn't have been that low budget here Tim Burton, there was a subdivision and he moved everybody out of that subdivision, wow. all the families, so he could take over these houses and paint them the way he wanted to paint them. Amazing. So maybe, I don't know what their budget was, but to me, and, Still seems what, big. <laughs> and what they brought out and all the costuming and the wardrobe, the everything was perfect. Wow. It was the most awesome yeah. movie. And Johnny Depp was a dream. Was he? He's one of uh, my favorites, of course. You know what? That man always has had a great heart. He loves people. He loved the crew. He takes care of whoever he's working with. Um, we all go through good and bad times in our life, but I'll always be a fan of Johnny's. I mean, I worked with him after that with V on Pirates of the Caribbean, um, which was an incredible experience once again. Um People were wondering how in the hell did Selena get on that movie? Well, it was because of V, obviously. Um, and so these connections, but you have to be careful. A lot of people will bite the hands that feed them. Um, you don't, you, somebody will bring you on a project. The next thing you know, you may be out of work, but that person's on another show and they're not calling you. I mean, come on, guys. You have to realize there's karma to everything. You have to... You don't have to kiss somebody's ass. You don't have to, you know, be a yes person. You can be yourself, but you need to be loyal to the people who have helped you out. And that's why V is my not only my mentor, but she's my friend. And we've had many adventures, many things that we've done together. And we're still very close just because of that connection. And you never know. We could have just met that one time and that would have been the end of it. But we became fast friends and over the years, and she's still giving me shout outs. I mean, that, I mean, she gave me a credit on the Hunger Games. I was in charge of background mm -hmm. for uh, the, some of the Hunger Games, and I got a credit, my own credit, department head of background. Now, who does that? That's uh, amazing. Me and Nicoletta decided that that was something they wanted to thank me because We'd all worked together for many, many years doing many things. And a lot of times background makeup artists don't get any right. recognition. Right. And that has become my forte. Even though 
Um, I've worked in many trailers. I've been department heading on many shows. I prefer now to be in the background because I found my forte is organizing large groups of people and extras and getting them through the works and making sure everybody is on point and they're on time and we don't hold up the camera. So I get hired to be the head. Uh, Selma, I did that with. Um, I was in charge of the background. Many shows I've been in charge of the background. And I love it because when it's crazy back there, there's nothing worse. When everybody's doing their own thing and nobody knows what's going on and people are bossing everybody, well, that can work, but it usually means you're going to have a lot of problems. And so I like to be a problem solver. I like to go in, get things organized, get people where they need to be. And I just did that on this show. Uh, I just finished not long ago, The Underground Railroad, with Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight. It's a... um, project that um it's with amazon video it's not out yet but that had so much background and it took place about the slave days so we had beard work we had wound work we had eyebrows we had tattoo covers we did everything on that and we had so many extras and they had to get through hair and makeup so they usually put me in charge of hair and makeup not to do the hair I'm just telling and funneling people through. So there's no empty chairs. Now, at the beginning of me doing this, people used to make fun of me and going, we can get our own person. You don't need to be doing this. Yeah? Oh, yeah? Okay, let's do it your way. Wrong. Right. (laughs) That don't work like that. If you want everybody, if you have hundreds of people to get through, that's not going to work. Right. People are milling around. They don't know where they're at. People like to hide. (laughs) You know this, Brooke. They don't want to go through extras Mm -hmm. uh, to get the makeup or the hair or the wardrobe. They want to be the stars. So they'll sneak around. And then next thing you know, they're up on set. Looking crazy. You're looking crazy. (laughs) And then the person's looking at you, the department head. Like, what happened? Who are these people? (laughs) Right. Right. So I don't play that game. And I'm I'm, um, I'm, uh, enough of, uh, I've been in the union so long in this business so long, over 30, 35 years, that I I can tell people what they need to do. And if you're going to get mad at me, so what? I don't care. I have my career. People know who I am. And I'm, but you know, at the beginning, you, you don't want to do that. You want to check out the lay of the land, make sure who you're playing with. A lot of people don't know uh, that I do what I do. So they're acting up in front of me and acting like fools. And I'm like, do you know, not who I am, because I'm I'm just like everybody else. I put my pants on one leg at a time. But I've been in the business so long and I know so many people. You're an idiot if you act up in front of me. Because a lot of people like to be really cool in front of the department head and the key or the, the third. And then they come back to extras holding and act like a crazy person. That don't work. Yeah. I know the department heads and you don't know. I know them. you've right. had so many people were on pirates acting up and oh, be, sure. you know, I'm like, are you nuts? Not that I'm going to go tattle on you, but if you're acting like a fool and messing things up, you're going to get busted. So that's where I stand on that. It's, a, it's interesting. Cause I've worked, um, 
Well, you know, when I met you on the Glorias, yes. So I worked with you. I worked with um, Fleur was on there. Mm-hmm. You know, who's always department heading as well. And I had no clue, but luckily I'm always on my best behavior, so I don't have to worry about that. But it's always amazing to me when I finish a job like that. Um, or, you know, just day playing and then you realize like, wow, like I day played with this person or like, um, you know, I did the Wonder Woman 1984 mm-hmm. in, in background for that. I met Janice Tunnel. Her and I were sitting oh, yeah. next next to each other the entire time, worked together yeah. the entire time. I had no clue. Yes. You know, so it's it's always amazing to me when I get to work with work with y'all, you know, and then yeah. I realize like. Wow. Yeah, but look what happened because I met you. Now I'm on your podcast. People don't right. understand how it flows, how it works. Right. They think they know so much and they're so together and they're so cool. Uh, wrong. You have to be, mind you, you were excellent on the Glorious. You did such a great job. You were not a problem. You didn't have an ego. You did what you were supposed to do. And that's lovely. That's what we need because we're supposed to be a team. We're working together for a production to make it work. So many people, it's their agenda. Or they become department heads and they're tyrants and they have ego problems and they're insecure. And and I learned that from V and other department heads, uh, Beverly Joe Pryor from Empire, uh, all these department heads that I've worked with, uh, Jane Galley. Oh, my God, Jane Galley is this tremendous. Um, Debbie Zoller, all, I mean, I could go name after name after name of all these people who have their act together, who are secure and know who they are. And they allow people to be themselves without making them feel like nothing and putting them down. And, and they don't have to touch every person that you did. And they don't have to get in front of you with your actor and say, that's not right. This is how you're supposed to do it. Or grab brushes out of your hands. I've seen people do all these crazy things like, really, folks? That's wrong because at the end of the day, we're all together in this. You don't know if this is somebody's last day on earth or what right. they're going through at home. You don't know right. if they're, they have cancer. I've worked with people with cancer. Nobody even knew that they had cancer. And then somebody's mm. being mean to them. Are you kidding me? I know. That, Please. that hurts my heart. <laughs> well, that's why we have a big wake-up call with this virus right now. We can re- all reset uh, you can all change your lives. It's a shame when people are not grateful for what they've been given. We're in the United States. We're not starving for the most part. Of course, things happen. People have hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, destroys their house or they fire. Those things are real. And those people deserve and need to be helped. And they have an excuse that maybe they can, you know, have a little pity party they deserve it but for most of us we're fine we're fine we're not going to starve you're united states there's food you can get food you know we have a roof over our heads so let's be kind to each other let's help each other um you know that debbie zoller is doing that mentoring program right yes i want to hear all about it well now or later (laughs) we can go into it now yeah it's called the mentors project it's debbie zoller who is an award-winning makeup artist department head she's done so many beautiful things uh look her up on imdb you'll see all her credits well she decided during this time 
that she would get some of her fellow makeup artists together. And because there's a lot of people, because the virus got cut off, they didn't, they were just about to put all their paperwork to join either 706 or 798 and the virus hits and now they're down. And it looks kind of depressing in a way because we have no idea what the business is going to look like after the virus. Right. There's a lot of speculation. I know. And a lot of fears, Mm -hmm. but we're going to come back. It's going to come back and hopefully just as good or better. So she thought that the new people that are coming in need to keep their spirits up and not get discouraged. And that some of us can mentor different people who will be submitting a um, entry into the project. Uh, The deadline is May 15th. It's called the Mentors Project at yahoo.com. You can look up the information either through the powder group run by Michael DeVellis, who is a fabulous man, who also has On Makeup Magazine. Um, But the project is uh, just going to be for this month, and they're going to pick a certain group of people. um, And she is even bringing on more mentors. But right now, she has a group of people that when you go on to the site, on even on Instagram, you can pull up Debbie Zoller and you'll see who she has as mentors. And I'm one of them, which I was in shock. Yay. I mean, when you said, well, <laughs> when you see all these incredible people, it's like, how did Selena get in there? Once again, it's my turn, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's brilliant. And <laughs> I will, um, I'll share this on our Instagram. I'll also do in the show notes from the podcast. I'll mm-hmm. have a I'll have a link to the information there as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll make sure we get it out there. It's I mean it's such a brilliant program. I and I I mentioned to this um, mentioned this to you earlier was that mm-hmm. with the collective that's something I want to do is is provide mm-hmm. people with mentors because just like you I mm-hmm. think back to like how amazing would it have been if I would have had someone and I did have mentors but I'm just you know if you had someone who was there with you and helped you through the process of joining the union because it is a process, you know? Sure. Sure. So I think it's brilliant. And I, I can't wait to see what, you know, what or how, you know, it turns out with all of these, these people who get to go through it. It's amazing. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we have so much experience in life in general uh, to be able to impart some of what we know to other people starting out and you're going to make, everybody's going to make their own decisions, their own mistakes, but it is, nice to know that you have some place that you can turn to people that are on your side that are willing and able to help you out uh i think it's a brilliant idea that debbie solar has put together and that you're going to do with your collective uh you're right up the forefront too here you are stepping out into doing these podcasts with different artists that's not a small thing you've taken it upon yourself to extend a platform to other people that you usually don't get to hear from. I mean, just like V was well known in LA, but I didn't had never heard of her. Now everybody knows her because of face off and all the things she's done in her Academy Awards. Um, So she's kind of like a household name, but there's many other artists who are just as brilliant, who have fabulous careers that you don't even know who they are. And they're influencing a lot of things that you see in here and we're at the forefront of the entertainment world and we work with actors directors producers 
it's a whole family with the costuming and the hair department. So Debbie's going to have some other mentors come in and even expand it to hair also. She had it just for the makeup artist, but now she's seeing hair because we work hand in hand together. Absolutely. That, that hair people need mentors also. So yeah. this is going to be, and when you do it, there's always room. That's why people say, oh, there's so many makeup artists and more people are coming in. <laughs> well, guess what? It's always going to be that way. There's no way you can stop it. If they had stopped, I wouldn't have got in. I mean, come on. It's just the way it's going to be. So let's welcome everybody. There's room for everybody. Uh, some people will make it. Some people won't. Because sometimes this is not the career you're supposed to have. So that's why I say get your intention of what you want to do. Go 110%. But along the way, you'll see and correct your course. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to go into print. Maybe I need to go into my own makeup line, whatever, you'll see these doors opening. So, but don't be so steadfast. If I don't become a makeup artist for film and TV, I can't live. That's not the way to do it. You head in that direction, you make your decision, and then you get all the classes. I'm still taking classes and courses. I never stop. Things change constantly. I've taken, I'm much better at special effects than I've ever been. I've worked on Vampire Diaries. I worked on the show called Daybreak that was out of New Mexico with all these, these, um, they weren't zombies, but they were close to zombies. And it was incredible makeup work, even on the Underground Railroad. A um, lot of different makeup looks. And so you're going to have to learn everything you possibly can do. And it's still a business. That's what people don't understand. Not just makeup and hair. It's a business. And you have to take a business seriously and you have to be on point and you can make mistakes and you can fall down and get hurt, dust yourself off and start again. I've been through some horrendous things that have happened to me and believe me, they're survivable. You don't think it at the time, but you'll survive it and come through it and even be stronger. Don't you find that for yourself, Brooke? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I just, I'm like, you just gave us so many, like, words of wisdom, like, nuggets of truth there. It's, I mean, I, I, everything that you just said, I completely agree, 110%. I do. I, um, so there's one question that I always ask at the end of the podcast. I always uh -huh. ask, um, what would 2020 Selena say to Selena in 2010. If you could have a conversation with Selena from 2010, what would you say to her today? Um, that's an excellent question. Um, I would probably say to myself, uh, chill out. Don't get so wound up. Things are going to work out if you allow your spirit to be open. Not for people to step on you or to bully you, but you're open to change and you're open to things that happen because certain things look a certain way and you don't know what direction they're going to end up like. Um, the reason I'm saying that is lately I've been seeing a connection. If I just let go and let God, a lot of times these things are taken care of. I'm protected. Uh, yeah, bad things can happen. I've had many deaths in my family. 
Um, my husband passed away from cancer. I was in a plane crash. All kinds of stuff happens. And then you think, well, that's the end. It's not, you know, I'll never recover. And now I would say to myself, just chill out. Take it easy on yourself. Don't torture your brain. Don't torture other people. Don't get frustrated when things don't come to you like you think they're supposed to. Uh, it doesn't mean you sit back and just let things work out by themselves. You put the effort forth. You put that energy toward it. But if it doesn't seem to be going the way you want, just chill out. Open your eyes, open your heart, and see what the universe is saying to you. Um, it would have made me not be so antsy and so stressed out. Just like right now, I have nothing to be stressed out about. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I need money. I have bills. I have everything else that needs to be taken care of. I don't know where my career is going to go after the virus. Uh, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to stress out. Maybe if I was in a country like India or bombs were chasing me, yeah, I think I have every right to be concerned about my future. But as American, sitting here in my beautiful home in Atlanta, I would just say to myself, just chill. <laughs> Take it one day at a time. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. And keep on learning and keep on growing. And this is a time to reset. So uh, I don't know if that answered it, but that's, that's what I think. Oh, I think that was beautiful. And thank you so much for a beautiful interview today. I feel like we could go on forever. We could have like multiple episodes with Selena. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we could do that with you, Brooke. We could do it with everybody. Everybody has such a different journey. Yeah. Everybody's been through so many things. Um, I started out as a newbie and now I'm an old bee. And people keep saying, don't say you're old. Uh, honey, I earned every year of this. <laughs> I've been around longer than I thought I'd ever be around. Uh, and I've seen so many changes, so many things come and go. Um, I opened my own store, makeup store and makeup school on 9-11. What a day to open up a makeup oh, wow. store and a makeup school. What right. a, oh my gosh. I was in Orlando, Florida, beautiful store. It was called Cosmetics and More. It was my dream. I was going to kind of retire from the business. My um, life had changed for me, and I thought, this is the, my future. I just need to do this. And um, in the process, I learned a lot. I'm glad I opened it, and I'm glad I closed it. But everything works out for the best, doesn't it? It does. We, we don't see it in that moment, but it does. That's what I'm saying. That's why if I could just take things and not... You know what? You need to take things serious, but you don't need to make it life and death. Right. Like, right. this is the end, and I can't go any further, and everything's destroyed, and I, I don't have any... Uh, no. If you do that, you will be destroyed. Right. It's not I the came, end of the world. I came out of... When my shop closed, I went back to mud. I went to mud. I picked my butt up, went out to California, Burbank, and I went to the school of mud. And it was fabulous because I realized that I needed to learn some more skills and new skills and make more connections. And through that, being out there in mud, I got to do, which is another story, Celine Dion's show in Vegas, A New Day. 
um, I got to be her personal makeup artist. And that was an incredible experience. And if I hadn't been to MUD at that right. time, it wouldn't have happened. So everything happens for a reason. I know they say that. And sometimes tragic things happen. I know this. I mean, we right. just lost a good friend, Charles Gregory. Fabulous makeup and hairstylist for the stars. Lived in here in Atlanta. He's the one who got me here to Atlanta. He just recently died from the virus. Now, that's a tragedy. He had no idea. And I met him right before he got sick. We When I took him out for his birthday, his life was just incredible. Everything was going his way. All of a sudden, he gets sick. And he's in ICU. And three weeks later, he's passed. And we're like, we're still in shock. We can't even believe it happened. So bad things can happen. They can. And I get it. But that's why you have to live each day to its fullest. Uh, treat people like you want to be treated. Give out and give back to people. Just like the mentorship program, that's giving back to the universe. Uh, don't take anybody or anything for granted. Um, like I said, live your, your life to the fullest and the best you can. So if something does happen, it's fine. Because guess what? We're all going to be there some sooner than later. So it's just a fact of life. And, uh, you know, God bless Charles and his family and everybody's going through it that knew him and loved him. But we're going to uh, persevere in his honor. Uh, his life has not been for any nothing. He's helped and blessed many people. And we're uh, products of his love and his help. So. God bless you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so where can we find you? Are you on Instagram? Um, kind of, sort of. I really, okay. I focus more on Facebook. Okay. Uh, and my Facebook site is nothing to look, I mean, it's just filled with flowers and pretty places and silly things. Mm -hmm. Nothing serious on this Facebook thing. Um, I know. the best. <laughs> yeah, so I I mean, a lot of people put um, things on Instagram and their work and all that. I guess I should start doing that since a lot of people are now friending me that I don't even know. Uh, ah. I, don't, I don't have too much stuff out about my life. I mean, even if you go up on IMDb, all my credits are not even listed there. I probably have 20 or 30 more credits that need to be added up. So that's one of my things I'm going to take care of. The Instagram and the IMDB, get those up to date, and maybe a website, and get stuff, because this mentorship has put me back in the, uh, on the hot seat. So. <laughs> it has. Well, yes. once, <laughs> well, once you get that Instagram um, handle, we'll add it so that everybody who's listening to this podcast can find you, and follow you, and, you know, see what the rest of your journey is going to be like. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brooke. You're just Thank you. a, a beautiful woman. Thank you so much for Thank all you, you do. Thank you for joining me. It's been, I mean, this conversation is beautiful and I, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it. So Aww. thank you, Selena. Thank you very much. If you liked what you heard today, please give us a like and follow us at The Collective Pro.